The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 12th chapter. Jesus said, I came to bring fire to the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. I have a baptism with which to be baptized, and what stress I am under until it is completed. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, five in one household will be divided. Three against two, and two against three, they will be divided. Father against son, and son against father. Mother against daughter, and daughter against mother. Mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He also said to the crowds, When you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say, It is going to rain, and so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, There will be scorching heat, and it happens. You hypocrites. You know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So I can't help but wonder if I said I invite all of you to come forward for the sermon if all of you would run as fast to the front as our children do for the children's message. That's always so exciting to see. So, that reading from Luke. It would appear that Sherry and I both drew the short straw this week. A difficult text to listen to, to say the least, right? Father against son, son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, daughter-in-law against mother-in-law, and it goes on. It leaves us a little bit with a big yikes. In fact, it is often texts like these that we would rather simply just push them aside and pretend they don't exist, and rather long for the Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Holy One, Emmanuel, Where is that guy? And yet, we have this text of division that is set before us. And I would be willing to bet that most of us do not think of Jesus in such a distressing way. All those kind images of Jesus suddenly seemed shattered now in the midst of this text. And so, typically, our reaction is, how can we tame the text? How can we soften the text? How can we make it just a little bit kinder, a little bit more gentle for us to stomach? But here's the answer to that question. We can't. We cannot tame the text because by doing so, we would rid it of its power and of its significant meaning. Because yes, Jesus came in order to bring peace, to be sure, But the work of redemption, with it often comes division. So Jesus warned those people on that day, his disciples, and towards the end of the reading, he warns the crowd that those who commit to follow him will face a difficult road ahead. 
that they will find their relationships with other people, including their own family members, filled with divisiveness, that their commitment to Christ will have an impact on their relationship with their loved ones. And the question then is why? Because Jesus' message at that time was so countercultural. It was incredibly drastic. It was so profound. It was absolutely radical to all people who were hearing his message. And in many ways, his message today is just as much so in our world around us. So let's think about what were some of the messages that Jesus taught, that Jesus preached that were so different from what society had said was okay. That was so countercultural to what everyone else thought and believed. And the first one that I want to lift up is the forgiveness of sins. The forgiveness of sins. He demonstrated that everyone can be forgiven, that their sins can be forgiven and their life can be redeemed even when society said no. Even when society considered that those who were completely lost and worthless were unredeemable. And God still does the same thing today. He will not turn anyone away, no matter what they have done, if they come to God with, with great conviction and are truly sorry and repentant for their sins. That is drastic forgiveness and mercy and grace. What about his message of love and acceptance? Perhaps that was the most, one of the most radical things in all of Jesus' teaching is that he loved everyone, even those who hated him. And he didn't do anything, didn't do any acts of love out of the expectation that he would receive something in return. He loved them, and he still loves today because that's who he is. And there were people then, just as there are today, that see others around us, whether at work or at school or at home or wherever it may be, as being less than or not worthy of our attention, let alone our love. It's like the story of the Good Samaritan. The characters in the Good Samaritan that simply walked past by on the other side of the road and kept on walking. But Jesus went to them. He touched them. He loved them unconditionally and he still does today. He still reaches out to the highest of the high and the lowest of the low. He is everywhere we are including with those who have been pushed and cast to the margins and fringes of society. And he continues to share that message of love, of acceptance, and belonging. Jesus knew that his message in that day and age was divisive. He made it very clear then to his disciples that if they choose to follow him, that they will be faced with that same divisiveness even within their own families. And so the truth is, as Christians, we cannot be followers of Jesus Christ, with Jesus Christ 
without it affecting who we are and the way we relate to the world and those around us, right? And here's the thing. Our faith in Christ must shape our values, our priorities, our goals, and our behaviors. And when we choose a healthier way of life, a difference from past behaviors that perhaps were more negative and turned towards those that are more positive and more healthy, relationships change. And Jesus knew that. I would bet some of you have experienced that divisiveness within your very own families, which is probably one reason that you don't talk about money, politics, and religion at any of your family gatherings, right? But I also know that there are those of you who have experienced some deep hurt and deep pain from the division within your own families. And I am sorry. So often it is those that are closest to us that when we choose to turn away from past negative behaviors, when we set out to do what is morally good and morally right, when we arrive at a point in our lives where we say, you know what, enough is enough. I cannot live like this anymore. I need to do something differently. I need to turn to a healthier way of life and make better choices and make for myself a better way of living. That those who are closest to us don't always follow. When we remove ourselves from an unhealthy, dysfunctional system, so often we become that stranger in the midst of people we know. And the disciples were facing that long ago. They were faced with that. And Jesus knew that division was inevitable. He knew that division would come before reconciliation. And he knew that peace would not come immediately. But it would come. So given the nature of perhaps division in our own lives, in our own family systems, family units, the division in our world, and clearly the division in our country. As Christians, there is hope. There is hope in the promise that peace will come and all things will be made new. So as Christians, we are to live a life as hopeful people, praying fervently for God's compassion, for the restoration of the world and the restoration of those life-giving relationships in our own lives. Let it be so. Amen.